So welcome, Ace 12. How are we doing tonight? Oh, come on. I know you got better in you. How are we doing tonight? That's right. Hey, listen. Uh, we are literally less than two weeks away from Christmas. Huh? Huh? Yeah? Christmas is almost here. Man, I'm telling you, I love this season. It is my favorite season. In fact, I got so many great stories uh, from Christmas, as I'm sure you do. I mean, we can sit here all night and just talk about all the memories and the fun and, and just the, almost the dumb stuff that we've, uh, we've done in Christmas. But man, I'm telling you, it is my favorite holiday, and I am excited to have the opportunity to be able to speak tonight and be able to just guide us as we uh, finish this series called Unwrapped, right? It's a two-week series, and uh, I'm excited about the message. But before that, I just want to Welcome. If this is your first time to H12, if, yes, if you are a visitor, man, we are so glad that you're here and we welcome you here and we just want you to feel like you are part of, the, of our family. And guys, I'm not going to lie to you. Listen, H12 throws some of the best parties ever and you will not want to miss next week. I am telling you, it is going to be awesome. I don't wear a onesie for many occasions, okay? And next week is one of those that I will, so... I'm telling you, <laughs> listen, I don't want to brag on myself, but I'm going to look good. That's all I'm saying, okay? So listen, bring your onesie, bring your pajama, bring your, I mean, just come ready to have a fun time. We're going to have karaoke. Santa's going to be in the house taking pictures. Yeah, Santa. So, I, so it's just going to be a great night, and I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. But here's the truth. Here's what I love about Christmas. I love, I love family. I love movies. In fact, last year I said that I love the movie Elf. In fact, that is still true. It is one of my favorite Christmas movies. But one of the things that I love about Christmas are the gifts, right? You can't deny that, right? How many of you love getting presents? Raise your hand. How many of you love getting gifts? Come on. Don't be shy. It's okay. It's all right, right? It's fun for people to be like, hey, man, here you go. What is it? Oh, my gosh, it's a PlayStation 5. Is, is that the new one? Four. It's a PlayStation 4. Uh, you know, I'm an Xbox guy, so what can I say? Uh, you know, so, right, right. But here's the thing. Last week, Matt helped us understand a simple point. Matt taught, by the way, let's give it up for Matt, man. He did a great job last week. I love it. Thought he did great. And last week, he helped us understand such a cool point. He said that you can tell a lot about a person based on the gifts that they get. So like if you get an Xbox One, I need that one, for Christmas, what does that say? That says that you are a video gamer, that you love to play video games, that you're all about that kind of stuff, right? Or if you get a Starbucks gift card, that means that you love coffee and that you're a coffee person like me. In fact, man, I love coffee so much. I love getting the gift of coffee. I don't even know if you can, you know, just, just, give, me, just give me a cup of coffee. That's it, man. Tell me here you go, Merry Christmas, and that's, that's how you show me love. But here's the thing. I love coffee so much that not only do I like getting a gift card from Starbucks, not only do I like uh, people giving me coffee, I like giving somebody the joy and the love of coffee. So who in here likes coffee? Who in here likes Starbucks? I mean, somebody who really loves coffee. Come up here, man. You're just, I'm telling you, his face was just, so I can't help but not give it to him. Here you go, man. Enjoy a $10 gift card to Starbucks. Oh, oh, oh okay. Hey, man. There you go. Come on. That's brotherly love. There you go. There you go. Hey, man. So I'll see you after the service. We'll go with some coffee. 
Done. There you go. Here's the thing, though. You can tell this. All of you can, can understand this. Him and I love coffee, right? We are, quote, unquote, coffee people. Why? Because I gave him the gift of coffee and because he received it, right? Here's the truth. I want to add on to kind of what Matt said last week. Not only can you tell a lot about a person based on the gifts that they get, you can tell a lot about a person based, based on the gifts that they give someone else, right? It's, not only, it's a two-way street. It's not just about what you get. It's about what you give. And I can tell a lot about you based on what you give someone, just like I can tell a lot about you based on what you get. And tonight, that's kind of where we're going to go, but we're going to hit on that a little bit later on. Because I want to have a real conversation, right? Now that I have the stage, I want to have a real talk. Can we have a real honest talk? Can we be real? Chris is like, come on. You don't even know what I'm about to say. And you're like, come on. Here's the truth. Sometimes, sometimes we get some, some weird gifts. Can we, can we be real? Sometimes we get a bizarre gift for Christmas, right? Sometimes we just get a gift that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. What's going to happen? What's going <laughs> to Yeah, thank you. That's good. Oh, yay. It's the ugly Christmas sweater that I wanted for Christmas. Right? Or you're like, yay. It's the shoes that I didn't want. Oh, thank you so much, aunt. Like, it's awesome. Right? You get gifts that you're like, what the heck am I getting this for? Right? You're, you're hoping for the Xbox, and you get a bizarre gift. In fact, kind of like this. One Christmas, my grandmother, who is like to the core Hispanic, uh, came and visited my family. Oh, suelo. Um, uh, I can't help it. Um, she came and visited our family when we used to live in Florida, and she spent Christmas with us. Now, here's the thing about my grandmother. She is like, listen, Colombia or bus. She's like, I'm proud to be a Colombian. Like, she like, is like that. I'm telling you, that's who she is. So she comes and she celebrates Christmas with us, right? I'm excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Grandma, because I've heard all the stories, like all my friends are like, yeah, my grandma got me $200 for Christmas. And I'm like, yes, hopefully grandma's going to get me that. Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting ready. I'm going to open the gift. And I kid you not, I literally had to call my parents to remember this story of what happened. She gave me a box of Colombian soap and Colombian snacks. No, no, no. Soap, as in body wash. As in, she's telling me, you smell like a gringo, I need you to smell like a Colombian. As in, they're not feeding you well enough here, I'm going to bring you Colombian food. And that is your Christmas present, right? Feliz Navidad, you know? And I'm just like, Grandma, I love you so much, this is the weirdest gift I've ever gotten, this is so bizarre, why did you give me this, right? Like, soap! Who gives soap for Christmas? Anyways... Gosh, my grandma, I love her. She's a good woman. I'm telling you, she gave me, she gave me soap and Colombian food for Christmas. And here's the thing. A lot of us have gotten weird gifts too, right? Sometimes, maybe once in a while. In fact, you might have gotten something like this. Check this out. My favorite part is, hey, here's a, it's a change for a 10 in case you, somebody asks. Can you imagine somebody giving you, hey, man, here's, here's two bucks and, and Here's $2.60 in case you need to change somewhere. Like, that's a weird gift, right? That is such a bizarre gift to give someone, right? Like, what if I gave you Q-tips? Hey, man, Merry Christmas. Your ears are horrible. <laughs> here's a Q-tip. That's what you're saying, right? Hey, man, here's an ice cube. 
what? Why? Why would you give me that? Here's the thing. Not only are we the only people that have gotten bizarre gifts, okay? Not only are we the only ones that have gotten weird gifts, Jesus himself, the time that he was born, got some weird gifts. And last week, Matt started, all, started this series off talking about the gift of gold. And tonight, we're going to talk about the other two gifts. In fact, let's go to Matthew chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles. We're going to start in verse 1. It's page 996, if you have your worship Bibles with you. And we're going to start at verse 1, and it says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he, he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my, pe my people Israel. Then Herod called the ma ma Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, or gifts, and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And here's the cool thing, each one of those gifts represented something about Jesus, something about his life. And I know what you're thinking, you're probably like, man, gold, yes, that's the gift that I want. Like, how cool would it be like you open like a present and it's just gold, right? You're like, oh, yes, you know, Merry Christmas indeed, right? I know we're, we're all thinking gold is probably the best gift, but here's what I want you to hear. Listen here, listen here. Although gold might be the best gift, it is the other two weird gifts that probably give us the best description of who Jesus was and is, and give us the best description of who Jesus is in relationship to us. Because here, here, here's what I know, frankincense and myrrh, those gifts foreshadowed the fact that Jesus would become the perfect sacrifice. That's what tonight's message is, the perfect sacrifice. Because here's the truth, before Jesus could become king, he had to sacrifice something. And here's the truth about all of us. Before we can become great, we need to give something up. Before we can go on top, we need to give something up. And before Jesus could become king, he needed to trade something. And that was himself. But we'll get on that later. Here's the truth. If you're like me, you need to look up what certain words mean. Actually, if you're like me, you need to practice what words mean because I almost butchered what I almost said mir instead of myrrh. I almost said frankens. I can't even say it. I'm, I butchered all words. And, and here's the truth. I had to look up the definition to what these words meant. 
And I had to look up what they represented. And so here, here's what I, I did it for you guys, and, and here's what it is. Both words refer to an aroma, a substance used in incense and perfumery. Basically, both are types of substances that give a certain aroma. Right? Frankincense and myrrh both give an aroma. So, so, so let's, let's, let's look at this picture, right? You have baby Jesus, right? We saw uh, Ricky Bobby last week. Dear baby Jesus. That's the best redneck impression I have. <laughs> and, right? and, he, and here's the thing. You have these kings, right? Because Im- imagine. Imagine this, right? Gold. You're like, yeah, give me that gold, right? You're like, come on. But then you get frankincense and myrrh, and you're like, what the heck? Are those even real things? Like, how do you even say that? Like, myrrh, myrrh. That doesn't even sound like a word. Myrrh, right? Frank- frankincense, that sounds like Frankenstein. Like, what are, you th- what are you trying to give me? Those are bizarre gifts. But here's the truth. It is the bizarre gifts that show us the deepest meaning of who Jesus is. In fact, we're going to throw it on the board. Here's the truth. Last week we learned gold means that Jesus was going to become king. Frankincense represents that Jesus would become the perfect high priest. And we're going to unpack that or unwrap that in just a second. Now you see what I did there? Unwrap. Myrrh represents that Jesus was going to become the sacrifice. So you have king, the perfect high priest, and you have the sacrifice. So let's start with frankincense, right? A weird gift that foreshadowed Jesus being holy and perfect. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you are perfect? Raise your hand if, you, if you're perfect. Okay. Eh. I almost raised my hand, but I'm so humble. I don't want to. Uh, just kidding. It's a joke. Uh, listen, you'll get it in a second. Um, here's the thing. We, we don't raise our hands, but you know what the funny thing is? Is we, we live in a world where we say something else. Right? Because I ask you, raise your hand if you think you're perfect. Or raise your hand if you want, if, if you're trying to be perfect. And you say, no, 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 me, I'm not perfect. I know. But, but the funny thing is, is that we act the opposite way. Right, because we live in a culture where all we want to do is try to be perfect so that we can please people. We're trying to, we think that by, by doing this and doing that and by achieving this and by being successful and by being involved in this and being involved in that, that people will like us and that people will, will come to us and that people will say, man, this guy, this girl, man, they're awesome. They are perfect, right? See, you may, th- you may say, no, I don't think I'm perfect, but the things that you do say otherwise. That's why we live in a culture where all we is, is we try to get the new gadgets and the new things because we feel like that's going to make us better. We feel like those things are going to please other people. We think that by doing this, man, this person is going to be happy, right? We think that if we do that, man, this person is going to think that I got it all together. And we live in a culture where that's how we live. That's what we think. In fact, I think of when I was in high school. Man, when I was in high school, I was involved so many things, man. I tried, I was, my senior year, I was student body president. I tried to be in leadership. I, I was the guy, I wasn't involved in any sports, but I was the guy who led like the cheering sections. Man, I got most spirited. And so, you know, I would, I would lead the cheers, which I can't repeat on this stage. Um, yeah, I can't today. But I would lead those cheers and I would, you know, lead the student body and, and I would try to be involved as many things. And here, here's what I realized when I was in college. I realized that the reason why I was trying to do all that 
Because I wanted my dad to, to know that the son, the oldest son that he has, that he was going to make something of himself. I wanted my dad's approval. I wanted my dad to think that I was perfect. I wanted my dad to look at me and say, that's my son, Danny. That guy right there, that guy who's doing all that, that's being involved, that's doing all these things. Man, I, I wanted my father to approve of me. And I wanted my father to look upon me and say, I am pleased with you. And all I was trying to do is people please my dad. In fact, it went on. I try to people please my teachers. I try to people please because I wanted to be at the top, man. I wanted success. I wanted to be, I wanted to be the closest, the closest I could to being perfect. I wanted people to say, this guy has it all together. But the truth is I didn't. And I still don't. But yet we still want to. And, and, and here's the truth. Listen, we will never be perfect. None of us will ever be perfect, and that's why God had to send his son to earth to become fully human, right? We talk about God was 100% man and 100% God. Well, the reason why Jesus needed to be fully human is because there had to be one person on earth, one human being who could be fully perfect, one human being who could fully please the Father, right? Because that same mentality Guys, it goes straight into our spiritual world, right? We think, oh, you know what? I don't curse. Man, I go to church on Sundays. Man, I lift my hands during worship, right? We think that by doing all that, man, I am pleasing God. God is happy with me, right? God sees me and sees, I'm not a perfect being, but I'm, I'm trying the best that I can, right? I go to church. You know, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't do this. I don't do that. I pick and choose what I want in Christianity, I don't curse. I don't listen to this type of music. Man, God must be really proud of me. Man, God must be really happy with who I am. God must be really pleased with who I am. And we take that same mentality of our world into our spiritual world. And here's the truth. There is only one way that you will ever be able to please the Father. There's only one way that you will ever be able to fully satisfy who God is. Everybody lean in, because I'm going to tell you what it is. Everybody lean in. Lean in. And it's not about you. And it's not through you. It ain't about you. See, Jesus came to earth to become a perfect being, to become a representation of what frankincense was. And I'm going to explain to you what that is in just a second. But but here's the thing. Check this out. Jesus is the holy representation of what frankincense signified to the Israelites. And here's what it is. We're going to throw up a quote. And there's, a, there's an author called R.C. Sproul. And, and, he, and here's what he says. He says this. It is, also, it is also easy to see why incense was a significant gift. Incense was used in temple worship. It was mixed with the oil that was used to anoint the priest of Israel it was part of the meal offerings that were, that were offered at Thanksgiving and praise to God. In presenting this gift, the wise men pointed to Christ as our great high priest or our perfect high priest. The one whose whole life was acceptable and well-pleasing to the Father. Here's the thing. Jesus is the only person that can go before God because he is perfect. Jesus is the only person that could go before God, not us, 
Jesus what came to earth to, to show us, to give us an example of what it means to obey God, of what it means to give our lives, of what it means to accept the gift that is free. And that's what, what R.C. is saying. He's saying he became the high priest who was the one person in all of Israel that could go before God and offer a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. But here's the cool thing. Check this out. The Israelites, man, I love what they did. Here's the next part of the quote. It is interesting that incense was never mixed with sin offerings. See, the meat and wine offerings were offerings for sin. And those were not to have incense mixed with them. Only the meal offerings, which were not for sin, were to receive the incense. Here's the thing. In other words, incense could not be mixed with sin. Check that out. Incense could not be mixed with sin. Jesus was perfect. He was tempted. Yes, we know that. But he didn't fall into temptation. He was sinless. And here's what the, what the three wise men knew. They knew that one day somebody would have to pay the price. They knew that one day somebody would have to pay for the punishment of our sinful nature. And it couldn't be us because we're, we're already sinners. And the, and the three wise men gave Jesus as a baby this gift of frankincense because they foreshadowed. They went into the future. They reached into the future and they saw you are the perfect human being. You are the only one who will be able to represent us and future generations to come before the almighty God. You are the only one that will be able to fully Please, the Father. And, and, and here's how, here's how um, R.C. finishes his quote. He says, Jesus was without sin. When his enemies came to him on one occasion, he challenged them with the question, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? It's in John eight forty six, And they were speechless. And earlier he had said of his father, I always do what pleases him. John eight twenty nine. None of us can say that. None of us can say, I always do what pleases the Father. And since only the Lord Jesus Christ was sinless, it was extremely fitting that incense should have been offered to him. Why was frankincense a gift given to Jesus? Why did the three wise men give this gift to Jesus? Well, it's because they knew that only through him, that only he could bridge the gap, that only he could become the perfect human being to represent us before God. And so here's the truth, because if you're like me, you've been caught in this web of sometimes of, oh, you know what, oh, I haven't read, I haven't prayed for the last week, man, God must not be happy with me, or, or man, you know what, I haven't been to church in the last month, man, God must not be happy with me, or you know what, uh, I'm not doing this, oh, I'm doing this, so God definitely has to be happy with me, but I'm not choosing to do this, so, so but whatever, I'm doing this, because I'm not doing that and I'm doing this, God is okay with me. Listen, there's only one way that you can truly please God, and here's, here's what I know, and here's your next blank. If only Jesus fully pleases God, then it is impossible for us to please God without Jesus. I don't care who you are and where you come from, but here's the truth for all of us. 
All of us. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are. The only way we can please the Father is through Jesus. The only way that you can say, man, I am pleasing God is by having Jesus in your heart. Is by understanding that only Jesus can bridge the gap. That Jesus is so perfect. Jesus is without sin. Jesus is not like me. Although he was tempted, he is not like me. And he is the perfect high priest. He is so perfect. He is so perfect that only he could pay the price. He is so perfect that only he could pay the punishment for our sins. Here's the thing. You will never be able to please Jesus on your own. Your works, your good deeds, oh, I help people all the time. Oh, I give money to people. Or I do this, I do that. Or I pray. Listen, because I've, I've, I've fallen into that lie before too. Listen, those thoughts, they will never please Jesus. They will never please God. Here's the thing. It was Jesus. It is Jesus and it will always be Jesus who will please the Father. And only through him can we please God. If only Jesus can please him, then only, it is impossible for us to please God without Jesus. It is impossible because we are not perfect. We are not, right? Like, have you ever tried to be perfect at something that you're like, ah, you're not? That's like me coming to play basketball. Guys, listen, the truth is I suck at basketball. God, the, God gave me some gifts, but not basketball. Okay, I've tried to play basketball with people before, and I try to act like I know what I'm doing. And literally, I'm like, yeah, you know, what's up? <laughs> right, and it doesn't make it in. And I'm like, I always, I try to talk a big game. I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Check it out, check it out. Here we go, ready? Pass me the ball, pass me the ball. Alley-oop, and I miss the ball. And they're like, oh, I'm always the guy that people are like, oh, Danny, what do we have him on our team? Oh, my gosh, why, why, Danny? Oh, oh God. And I'm like, and I'm like oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to play this sport, but I'm going to play it anyways because I'm going to act like I'm perfect, but I'm really not at, perfect at this sport. I suck. When are we going to play soccer? Goal. Right? When I'm, where, where can I play soccer, right? Or football or something like that. But, guys, I can't play basketball, and I've tried to be perfect at a sport that I'm not. And, listen, we can try to be perfect in life. But the only way that we will be able to please the Father is through the Son, the only perfect human being. It will always be Jesus. And here's the thing. The only good thing about you is having Jesus in your heart. That's the only, that, that could, that, that's the best thing that could happen to you is have Jesus in your heart. And so if frankincense Frankincense represents God's perfection, Jesus' perfection. Then clearly, like we learned, myrrh or mare, myrrh, represents, everybody try it, come on, we're going to be recording this and they're going to be like, what is going on? What is happening in this service? Myrrh represents Jesus as a sacrifice, right? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Myrrh is a spice used for embalming, right? Like, like the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And that's kind of gross, right? Giving that, hey, here you go. Here's a, here's a, here's a casket for you, baby Jesus, right? Because at that point, you're like, you're like gold. Wow, that's awesome. Franken says, man, my baby's going to be perfect. 
awesome. And then myrrh, hey, your son's going to die. What? Right? Like you got two gifts that are like, eh, I don't know. In fact, here's another Christmas gift that somebody got in a certain movie that was kind of weird. Y'all ever seen Christmas Story? Yeah? Yeah, you know what's coming up? Hey, check this out. Pay it off. I love, I love his little brother laughing at him. Man, that's awesome. Gosh, little brothers are the worst. Here's the thing. Just like that bunny suit was kind of bizarre, right? Can you imagine getting that for Christmas? Like, that'd be, that'd be weird. That's, that's, kinda, that's a bizarre gift. But here's the thing. The three wise men knew something about Jesus. They knew something. When they gave him the gift of myrrh, they knew something important. They knew that the most important aspect of Jesus' life would be his sacrifice, right? Because, because Jesus was the only perfect human being, only he could become the sacrifice. And the, and the three wise men gave him this gift, and they gave him the gift of gold, and they gave him the gift of frankincense. But he, here's the truth. It's not about the gifts that people gave to Jesus. The best, the greatest gift ever is the gift that Jesus gave to people. And this is your next blank, your last blank. His very own life. See, the gift of Jesus' life is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Right? Because before Jesus could become king, before he could have this gift of of gold and king and the kingdom, before he could have that, he needed to give something up. Remember I said that at the beginning. Before Jesus could be great, he needed to give something up. And that was himself. And the three wise men recognized this. They recognized that only his perfection could meet the punishment for our sins. Only Jesus could bridge the gap. Only Jesus could say, God, here's a broken girl, a broken guy. Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Only Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus can connect What's disconnected and broken between us and God? We couldn't. Only he could. And that's why he became 100% man and 100% God. Here's the thing. You deserve the cross, but Jesus came and took it from you. See, you got, you've gotten the gift of freedom, a gift you don't deserve. A gift that none of us deserve. A gift that makes us say, man, what have I done to deserve this? Nothing. Nothing. I've, I've tried to please my own self. I've tried to please others. But you know what? I have done nothing to deserve the gift of Jesus. But yet, God, you look upon me, a broken boy, a broken girl, and you still sent your son to die on the cross for me. That is the best gift that you could ever have gotten. And here's the truth. Only Jesus can show us what it means to fully please God. To obey him in every aspect of our lives. So here's the truth. And as the band comes up and and, and we prepare to close, we think that it is Jesus' work and his sacrifice and his sweat and his blood that gets us into heaven, but that it is our work and our sacrifice and our sweat and and our work that keeps us there. No. Listen, it has nothing to do with you. It's never been about you. It's been about Jesus. It's always been Jesus, and it will always be Jesus. 
See, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He met the need that you and I could not meet. He met the punishment that we deserved. Man, it's like that one Christmas when I got that HP. Man, and, and, and it, was, it was my first laptop ever, and, and that week I had just disrespected my mom, right? I had said something mean about her. I'm pretty sure it was in Spanish. I don't know. When I get mad, I yell in Spanish. Um, and, 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 and I said something so mean to her. And yet my parents loved me so much that they still chose to give me this gift that I did not deserve. I'm telling you, I was, you know, I, I hated them. I said mean, mean things to them. I acted disrespectful towards them. But yet on Christmas Day, they gave me this gift, a brand new HP laptop. I'm never going to forget it, man. I had that thing throughout all of college. And then it, it died. You know, yay. But, but here's, the, here's the cool thing, man. Just like that laptop, Jesus looks upon you and says, hey, Listen, don't, don't try to be perfect. Don't try to please people. Don't, don't worry. The only way that you can really please the Father is through me. Because I'm perfect. And you're not. And my perfection meets your imperfection. And it creates this gift of freedom where you can come before the throne of God and say, God, I'm not perfect. But your son became the perfect sacrifice. Therefore, I have a chance at freedom. So tonight, I have two challenges to two different types of group. The first group is this. Derek's going to come up later on, and if he wants to continue this, man, we'll continue this. But, but here's my challenge. If you're not a believer, and you live in this, in this idea of, the only way I can please God is if I do good things. The only way that God will be happy with me is if I, if, I, if I succeed in life, if I do good in life. If I go to church each week, God will be happy with me. If I don't say mean things, if I love others, that God will be happy with me. And you've never really fully accepted the greatest gift, and that was the gift of Jesus dying on the cross. The gift that, that, that the three wise kings understood Jesus will become the perfect sacrifice that meets our imperfection, therefore giving us freedom. If you've never fully surrendered your life to Jesus, maybe this Christmas is the time that you, uh, beyond all the gifts that you might get, maybe, to, maybe tonight or this season is a season for you to accept the greatest gift of saying, you know what, I'm tired of trying to do good things. I just want to please God, and I understand that the only way that I can please God is through Jesus because he alone is perfect, and I'm not. So I want you to think on that. In fact, I don't want to, when the band starts playing, I don't, I, I, we're going to do something a little different. Now, don't come up. You're gonna th- I want you to think. I want you to think of this tonight because maybe that's you. Maybe your imperfection needs to be met with perfection that loves you beyond you. And that's the challenge to group one. Group two, if you are a Christian and you consider yourself a believer, if you say, I have surrendered my life to Jesus, my imperfection has been met by Jesus' perfection, therefore giving me freedom. 
Well, here's my challenge to you. What are the areas that you haven't fully surrendered in obedience? Because here's the truth. The only way that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice is because he obeyed God to the point of death. I'm not saying go out and be like, hey, everybody, I'm going to die for God. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is maybe you're picking and choosing where you obey God. What are the areas that you need to say, you know what, God, I'm not obeying you in my relationships. Or I'm not imitating Christ when I'm by myself. Or I'm not imitating Christ when I, with my relationship with my parents. Or I'm not imitating Christ in, in X, Y, and Z. And so what are the areas that you need to surrender to God in obedience? See, because here's the thing. Ultimately, you will please God by imitating Jesus. And you got to be okay with that. You got to let that freedom sink in. So which group are you? Which, which question do you need to ask yourself? And so for a couple of mi- seconds as the song begins to play, just sit and think on that. Have you not accepted that gift? Or have you already accepted that gift and just, just are not fully surrendering your all? And when you're ready, worship. Worship with all your heart. Worship with all your might, with all your soul. And sing. Sing to the one who is higher than you. Sing to the one who is greater than you. Sing to the one who gave it all for you, who gave you the greatest gift, who unwrapped himself so that you could have freedom. Father, I pray for these students. And I thank you for them. God, it is not about us. It is about you. And how much you love us. You loved us so much to the point that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Father, the three wise men knew that. Back when they saw baby Jesus. They gave him the gift of frankincense and myrrh. And they understood that he would become the perfect sacrifice. And so, Father, if there are any students in this room tonight who have not accepted that gift, who have not opened themselves to receiving the greatest gift, and that is, that is their imperfection being met by your perfection. And Father, I pray that tonight, tonight you will set, wrestle that in their hearts. And Father, for those who, who do know you and who have accepted that gift and maybe have not fully surrendered in certain areas and have not are not fully imitating Christ. Father, will you, will you settle that in their hearts? Will you, will you work that in them and show them those areas and will they fully surrender that to you? And oh God, Father, this Christmas, I pray that it'll be merry. I pray that it'll be a joyful Christmas for all of us, but not because of the movies, not because of the eggnog, not because of the cookies, not because of the gifts. Father, I pray that this Christmas will be a joyful Christmas. Because our imperfection was met by your perfection. And you paid the price that we could not. So we love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.